0: Welcome to the Spirituality Out Loud podcast, where you'll hear real-life stories of people's unique spiritual journeys in their own words from their own viewpoints. Hosted by Leslie Seidel, relationship expert and spiritual mentor, who specializes
1: in working with people on their relationships, from their romantic life to their work life and just plain life. Here's Leslie. Welcome back to another episode of the Spirituality Out Loud podcast. I am Leslie Seidel, and today I have the lovely Bernie Shung. Hi.
0: Hi. Hi. Good to be here, Leslie.
1: Oh, yeah. So Bernie is the shin-kicking life spark, which I got to love as a title. I got (laughs) to – it's one of my new favorite titles because I – Thank you. I think Coach is, uh, I hate it, beyond belief. Me too. Oh, my God. We'll talk about
0: that in the conversation
1: (laughs) today. (laughs) Absolutely. It's just so painful. Um, uh, So I I love the Shin Kicking Life Spark. Uh, She's a Reiki master. She's author of several books, including The Year of the Brave Bear and its paperback companion, The Way of the Brave Bear, an intuitive guide for speaking up, standing out, and changing your world. She is a contributing writer for the Chicken Soup for the Soul and the Huff Post. Hi. Hello. Oh, uh, thank you for joining me today. Happy
0: day. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of these amazing conversations. I know before you hit record, you were talking about the theme, the central theme that you're starting to see. So I'm looking forward to seeing where this conversation goes today. And I wouldn't be surprised if it continues to be a running theme throughout. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to start at the beginning. which is uh, how were you raised spiritually, if you were raised spiritually or or, uh, in a religion? Or what was your experience of that?
0: yeah so it's interesting because nowadays, when I talk to people, I hear people refer to themselves as recovering Catholics and I don't know that I've ever really used that term for me because right now at this you know season in my life, um, I don't define as being Catholic though I was uh, born into you know baptized at a Catholic church and raised in a Catholic Church. I went to Catholic school for eight years before going to public school following that but um the the Positive thing I'll say is, though, I call myself spiritual, you know, Mm -hmm. today more than religious. And, you know, we we could go on a long debate about (laughs) those two words, but it kind of doesn't matter to me because at the end of the day is this. Um, I learned from a very young age um, about faith, you know, and Mm -hmm. about belief in something that was much greater than me and many times I refer to it as God and sometimes I refer to it as universe and I don't even see those two as the same thing I feel as though depending on the conversation or depending on the situation I might use those words differently but I do believe that they both exist. And I believe that my mission and my purpose in this lifetime, in this world, you know, at this place in my life is to make a positive difference in the world, make a positive impact in the world. And I believe that faith and just believing in in mankind and that I can make a contribution being a part of that positive impact, that's what continues to keep me going to, you know, today with everything that I do so I hope that kind of answers your question
1: (laughs) well it didn't it didn't I mean so what you're saying is less about the mechanics of what you had when you were growing up and more about looking back now you see that you were handed a
0: faith I was I was you know my parents are both devout Catholic and um I I love them for how much they believe. And I think that having that kind of conviction in anything um, is admirable because there have been many negative things that have happened in both of my parents' lives and in all of our lives as their kids. Um, You know, I've got four other siblings and me making, you know, as a family of seven, um, people around us, you know. And so at times you kind of question like, well, if there's a God, how could God let that happen, right? You know, we've heard people say that and at the same at the same time it what's admirable is yes it can feel that painful but if we know that we're not in this alone every single one of us who exists in the world today has gone through something hard then we realize well then we've got to keep the faith because i'm not more special than you that good or bad things are happening. And so the fact that my parents have that faith, you know, the Catholic faith to hold on to and the, and the fact that I have some of what I've learned being Catholic for so long and then now being more open to other um, modalities, you know, of spirituality and of energy healing, which we'll get into. Um, I think it, that all groomed me to be the person I am today and the belief systems I have today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit about the journey. So you were raised in the devout Catholic, right, Mm -hmm. and all that that entails, and went to Catholic school, and then did you believe it at the time, or was it even a
0: question? When you're young, I don't know if you've had this experience, you kind of don't believe in anything when you're young, you just want to have fun, you know? I was one of those kids who was, um, I wouldn't say I was a bad kid. I was a a naturally smart kid who was bored at times and very inquisitive. I questioned a lot. So the times I was naughty or the times I kind of went against the grain was more out of boredom. Mm -hmm. Than it was being anti-Catholic, you know, or standing up for something I, I didn't believe in. It was less of me standing up to act against something and more of me in search of something else, some kind of knowing I was looking for. So I'd have to say that I've constantly had this yearning for more. I wanted to mm-hmm. learn. I wanted to grow. I was impatient, but it never had anything to do with, like, oh, gosh, I can't stand my you know, Catholic principal or my teacher or the nun. It was more or less, you know, I'm bored. <laughs> I'm bored. What else can I do? I'm going to go and get into trouble. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, we don't know each other, so you don't know my story. And so my story is that I, I was raised with nothing. Okay. And it, not even atheism, right? So like it wasn't, it just never, it's like it never came up. Yeah. yeah. And so when I look at people who are Jewish, culturally or otherwise, uh, Catholic, or all these, there's a little bit of jealousy. There's like a little bit of like, oh, they had this secret, right? <laughs> like they knew stuff, like prayers, and they get on their knees. And, I mean, and churches yeah. are like this place for you where they're intimidating. They can't, they're not so much today. But in my 20s, we're still a super intimidating space. I'm like, sure. I need gloves and a hat and patent leather shoes or something. Like, I just. <laughs> There were things that were going to happen and I didn't know the rules, right? Yeah. And, and so for me listening to other people who have like this devout, it like mm-hmm. growing, being raised, I'm always like, ooh, you're so lucky, right? <laughs> and, and some people would say that
0: about me, right? So it's yeah. all just, it is what it is. Well, first know? of all, you're the first person who I've heard of who has openly admitted that there was nothing, right? Not even atheism. That's so interesting to me. So for one, that's intriguing. So kudos to you for being that unique. But secondly, I would say, and now that I think about it, I would say the cons to growing up Catholic was I live with Catholic guilt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm pretty sure you've heard of that before, mm-hmm. but you know, for those who might not understand what that means, it's like, you just, you feel guilty for everything, even when it's not your fault. And I know that that did come from my upbringing and I'm pretty sure it's from my parents as well, you know, But it's, it's like, even when things weren't your fault, you're constantly apologizing. You're constantly feeling bad. You think you're going to go to hell, you know? But I think, I think most of us who grew up Catholic or even Christian know logically it's, it's not true. You're, you're probably really not going to go to hell. You're probably not the devil. You're probably not that evil, but it kind of becomes a running joke where when you do something that seems unchristian, like, or uncatholic or not friendly, not nice, that, the worst possible things can happen to you. And, and I, and I don't think I ever really believed that was true, but it was constantly a running joke I would use where I'm like, Oh, the Catholics don't like me because I'm just too naughty, you know, or I, I, I rebelled too much or, you know, whatever it was. So, um, but to this day I, I have this guilt, constant guilt for, I can't even explain why, so that's definitely something I've been working on for
1: years. But I got to say, I, I might want to challenge that that might be human. <laughs> that could be. Because could I be. have it. Okay. Right? Like, I, I have the, like, I'm the heathen, right? Never baptized, <laughs> never da da da. Like, I really, it took, I was, this is kind of embarrassing, but I was like 13 when I realized that Christmas had anything to do with Christ. Like, okay. Okay. I just, it, yeah. Christmas was present. Like, we had sure. the lights in the trees sure. and the presents for sure. But like, right. So it's just, um, yeah, no, I still feel guilty. So I don't know that it's, you know, so the Jewish people feel guilty, (laughs) right? Like (laughs) maybe the Buddhists don't. I don't know. I should ask that question.
0: You know, that's a great question. If you get a Buddhist on the show, I would love to hear the answer to that. Seriously. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Like see if that's, so we're doing this common Uh, themes of all of the religions. And I just think that might. There might be some humanity to it. I think there
0: is some humanity to it. And I also think it's a mom thing as well, because I'm also a mom. And I know you mentioned that you were too. And so there is this constant need. I don't know if I want to call it need now that I I say that word, but where I just, I want to make a difference. I want to make an an impact. I want to make it right. And many times I have to let go, you know, and surrender because am I being too hard on myself at times, right? Am I being so hard on myself? And the guilt comes from a place of, I wish I could do more, but maybe I really couldn't have done more in that given situation, you know, whatever the situation was. So I I think much of that is what I've grappled with over the years and decades, really. Um, So that's something I'm constantly, you know, trying to improve and transform is letting go of all that guilt. It's so hard. here's
1: here's an interesting thing I hear, which is, can I know I do, not only is this guilt come from religion or spirituality, but can that also be the answer, right? Like how, like by letting it go, by surrender, which is a common theme in, in mm-hmm. my spiritual life and other people's spiritual life, that that healing of the guilt happens.
0: I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It both is yeah. (laughs) We're done now. We're We're figuring it out. That's (laughs) it. Show's over. Thanks, guys, for coming. (laughs) You got your
1: answer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, what did you did you officially leave the Catholic Church? Like, um, what Um, happened? How did you? Yeah. So, what was the beginning of where you are now?
0: It was kind of situational, actually. And by the way, I also have to mention because it's important because of my name. Bernie is is short for Bernadette, and the church that sponsored my family when they came over from Thailand and Laos during the the war, the war ended, uh, many of the families were brought over to America or France or various countries and uh, were given refuge and saint bernard's was the name of the church who took our family in. and of course i was named after the church so there goes a whole other guilt piece too is i'm named after the church.
1: you see, you owe them i'm
0: named after the saint you know you. so i owe them and i owe saint bernadette as well because i share her name you know so there's a lot of that going on but as much as i tease about that i do feel a connection to saint bernadette i, I feel a um, intangible connection where I, I feel like you know if, if it's not so much the story of her life i do feel as though there is a purpose and a reason that i do exist and that i was chosen to live at this life you know in this life at this time with the family i have and given the name and given the whole. Scenario, and so part of me, I do feel responsible in a good way, and i and I take it as a, as a good thing that it is a, a my purpose and my mission to be someone of that kind of caliber, um, healing people, you know, being loving, being compassionate, and making a positive difference. so i would say that played a huge piece you know the whole name thing um after the but wait a second wait nope, yep, i want to yep. hear
1: about her you've got your own saint Hot
0: I know, I know.
1: no that sounds great to me I That know. sounds super fun i had but, well who is she like what is what is she known for like oh, what is the texture I of
0: it googled this first I we had a <laughs> today. but i mean she w- she was from France. what is yours? Yeah, what is your was Saint Bernadette was from France and before mm-hmm. she became a saint, obviously. Um, she was she was young. I remember the stories I hear about her, she was a teenager. And she and she, her story reminds me very much of like Mother Teresa, where she, at a very young age she felt called to be of service. And um I believe she died at a very young age as well, but she died in France. And the story now that I hear about her, which is why I want to go to France, I think that's where they keep her body. Is that even though they weren't doing much to preserve her body, Mm -hmm. like her, she wasn't like decomposing. Like, like the mysterious thing about her story, and I kind of get goosebumps every time I think about it. Is like for whatever reason, and I think she died in the 1700s. I forget what year it is. My God, I'm so bad with history. It's her body was like preserved so well naturally over Mm. time. So that's the thing that I think of when I think of Saint Bernadette was. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing to go and see her. I don't know if they keep her in a museum where you can actually see her anymore. They used Mm to, Mm -hmm. Um, but I've seen pictures of her. But the reason this this is interesting to me is because it wasn't until about 10 years ago, I did a past life regression. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was doing. By the way, my friend and I just, you know, turned on Louise Hay radio and we were just listening to the the speaker at the time who was like a past life regression therapist or whatever. And during my very first and last time I've done a past life regression, I saw an image of St. Bernadette looking at me and she didn't say anything. It's just that the way she looked at me was letting me know that it was okay, but that she sees me and that Mm -hmm. there was a connection, you know, between kind of like where she left off in her life and where I'm kind of carrying on the mission. And it's not like I'm the only Bernadette who exists in the world to, to continue with that mission. But I do feel connected to her. I do feel as though whatever it is I do in my life, it is to be someone of service. It is to be someone of compassion and it is to be someone who loves and heals and helps before I die in, my lifetime and so whether or not it was just my own imagination or whether it really was some kind of connection I had to her in another realm or whatever it was while I was you know halfway sleeping in that past life regression it was it felt so real to me it was so amazing to see her you know kind of just look at me like I see you Bernadette (laughs) I see you and I'm proud of you keep doing your thing you know if she was talking in today's you know language that's how she would talk to me but yeah, I wish I could say more. But if anybody Googled St. Bernadette, they would hear the tremendous stories about her. But it's just unbelievable and miraculous that her body was preserved so well after. All this time, all these centuries.
1: Well, and then we can go so far as to say you're preserving her energy, right? You're yeah, preserving and moving yeah. forward yeah. this peace, and and yeah. that's a, it's just beautiful. It's really yeah. it's really lovely, that and that she all you.
0: Leslie. And I think we all do, right? Whether it's you know Saint Bernadette or Mother Teresa or Nelson Mandela or anybody, you know, other people who've existed before us who are no longer here in physical form, I feel as though there's. There's somebody that every single one of us are connected to, you know, I'm no more special or different than you or anybody else, but it's a matter of us listening to that message from the people and some it might come in the form of that past life regression vision I had while I was half sleeping some it might come in a dream when you had you know overnight you kind of woke up and remembered your dreams some might just have a sensation where they just feel compelled to make a difference or do something in the world and they might feel like that message came from somewhere else but however that message gets conveyed to you that kind of doesn't really matter I I believe that everybody receives messages differently but but you know, what I'm saying is I believe that someone like a St. Bernadette would be connecting to anybody who wants to hear from her. Mm-hmm. And they are, you know, and I don't know that some days I'm equipped for it, you know, to carry on that mission. But hell, if you want to, you know, she'll cheer you on and people like her, you know, will cheer you on in, in spirit form. So I don't know how we got on that topic. but Well, that's my so there's
1: two things. From. One, which is, You know, some days Bernadette just did the dishes. So let's just give her the fact that there were days that she didn't do anything and she stayed on the couch and she was tired. And if she had Netflix, she might have done that. But one of the things that that I heard you talk about is this idea and, and, uh, you know, you always hear, oh, if someone drives you crazy, it's because something inside of them is something that you dislike about yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I had someone tell me the opposite, which is those people you admire, those people that you just think, oh my gosh, the, the Gandhi or the Nelson Mandela, these, these people who I just, I, you know, I get filled with when I think of, mm-hmm. I connect with those particular pieces because I have those things inside of me. Right. right. And to really go, oh, because we look so much in our negative. We look so much as yes. the bad, right? And, yes. and so it's okay that she's your saint. And that this right. is who you follow and you have clay feet, right? Both are true. <laughs> Welcome, exactly. you know, and she did too. Exactly. And so you're doing your part and that's going to show up how it shows up.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and I love that you brought that up. A good segue is, um, I, I have you read any of the, books um, about Mother Teresa, either the one that she co-authored many years ago, right? Or there was another one, the most recent one that, that, that priest, and I feel so bad, I forget his name. He shared some of her writings, right? Mm-hmm. And I read that not too long ago, and it was so heartbreaking, but at the same time, bittersweet to read these letters from Mother Teresa, one of the most holiest and amazing human beings that I believe existed in in this lifetime, to say that there were so many days that she questioned why God kept choosing her. She mm-hmm. hated it at times, the responsibility, the, the, the life. It was not glamorous, it wasn't fun, it was hard. And she questioned mm. her faith. A lot, and the reason I thought that was bittersweet was because I'm like, you know, because whenever you'd make statements, you you say things like, "I ain't no Mother Teresa," but the thing is, even Mother Teresa didn't feel Mother Teresa-ish enough, you know. So to even hear how human she was, even towards you know the the end of her life, where she dedicated her entire life to being the servant of God and the servant of the people, and to still question whether she was even enough or qualified for that. Oh my goodness, it just put things in perspective and made me feel less, uh, more sane and less bad about myself that I'm not more, whatever, right? Fill in the blank at the end of the day. Cause even someone like a mother Teresa didn't feel enough at times. So but
1: again, that's one of the reasons we're doing this. We just talked about this before we started recording is life is not a Facebook feed, right? Yeah. Life is not the news yeah. article about mother Teresa. Yep. That is what faith looks like. Faith yeah. looks like me on the floor with ugly crying face <laughs> being like, F you, I'm mad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm mad. I'm mad that this circumstance is happening right now right. and I'm pissed and you and I are going to go to battle. Yeah. And, and the thing that's beautiful today having done this work for 20 years is now my, my God can take it
0: mm-hmm.
1: where before mm-hmm. I didn't understand. I couldn't fight with that. Right. Like I tried to pretend like, Oh, I'm, I'm happy. Like there was like this, like a way I could hide somehow. <laughs> and today it's like, okay, I know that I'm on the floor sniveling, upset, can't see the higher power good in this scenario. Right. But the years of practice means for me that I know it will get better. I know it yes. will change. I know I can look back and see it.
0: Right.
1: And, and that takes, it's hard. Faith is yeah. hard. You know, part I of guess. the reason for this dialogue is the practical way that my faith shows up. It's not a Sunday thing. It's not a Saturday thing. It's not only in the sangha on the mat. It's, mm-hmm. it's daily, right? right? And so these are, the, these are the thoughts that you're telling me. Mm-hmm. These are the ways that it shows up, right? And that me too, we are all yes. human. I love it. I you know? love it.
0: So to bring things back full circle, to, to, yeah, answer, yeah. The question, to answer the question, um, I was married young. I got married at 16, um, moved away from home to go live with, with the husband's family, and they were Lutheran. So then I was converted to Lutheranism. Uh, We had a child, he he was baptized Lutheran. And then after the divorce, then I kind of at that point just didn't really make a decision. It's like, do I go back to Catholicism? Do I continue with Lutheranism? Or is there something else? And so in my, my quest to find out what something else is, I've just constantly been on this journey of being open to so many things. And I've taken a world religions course where I learned about, you know, Judaism, Hinduism, Taoism, Buddhism, everything, you know, I've and then also the spiritual journey I've taken where I learned about so many different you know, healing modalities. And my goodness, I, I can't even count on all my fingers and toes, all the different things I've learned, but I've become so open to everything that I don't feel like I'm, looking for that answer anymore because I think when I started the journey it was looking for the answer what's that thing I can hold on to how do I define myself you know how can I label myself and what do we call it and now it's it's all of it it can all can be true you know nothing is wrong but what's just a good fit for me right now and I still don't know the answer because I'm open to all of it so that's where That's where the journey took me. And it's been such an amazing ride. Uh, You know, I'm turning 41 this year. And the only reason that's important to me is because at times I feel like by now I should know. But then at the same time, you know, I was married and had a kid at like, you know, 16, 17 years old. So I was already acting like a 40 year old when I was 16. So now I'm kind of regressing. Now at 40, I kind of feel like I'm young again. <laughs> now, nice. that my son, now that my son's grown up and, you know, he's pretty much doing his own thing. I'm like, oh, I can be young again.
1: <laughs> For the so first I'm time, kind on, of.
0: Exactly. So I'm back on that journey again. I'm Cool. What does this look like? But my faith is stronger than it's ever been before in terms of believing in something powerful and loving and beautiful, and that my purpose and mission in this world is to be someone who contributes to that positivity and that positive contribution. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, I think that there's, again, there's some, so the path is always the path, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's the thing. There's a couple of things that I really appreciate. One, that you were seeking, you just Mm -hmm. kept seeking. Yeah. Right, and some people seek only in one religion and they just keep seeking in that religion, which is great and it has its own merits. Yeah, you know, I remember hearing I was sitting with um, pen, not one on one, Pendra Sjodran, and <laughs> in a huge group, um, <laughs> and, which and is one so of, amazing,
0: by the way, <laughs>
1: uh, hands down. And one of the things that she said was this idea that there's so many options available today with yes. the internet and with this and that and the other that people can just do these minor samplings and never really go deep Yes. into the shadow of the work, right? There is a shadow of Buddhism. There's a shadow of Christianity. There's yes. a shadow of Catholicism and there's something really beautiful in just sticking with this is my path and it's not always pretty and it's not the perfect and the church does wrong and, right. and it does great work. Right. Both are true. Yes. And so to hear you at this new place, I think some of the freedom happens when you've done so much searching that you're like, Oh, it's just the act of searching. I needed. Yes. Not the particular path. That's it. And I mean, I wish that I could find a path that didn't involve meditation. I mean, please, someone show me one. that doesn't make (laughs) me have to sit for a half an hour every day or two hours. It's just, you know, tell me about what it looks like for you today. Like in a practical way, what is, What does your spiritual life look like? How does it show up for you?
0: Yeah, there are a couple of things and and I wouldn't necessarily say on a daily basis, but I would say on a more routinely regular basis that I do to practice whatever this thing is like that I call just really being in tune with myself and really allowing myself to grow as a spiritual being. Um, And one of them is writing. Writing is huge for me because not only do I do it um, for my business, I do um, uh, book, book author coaching, uh, book writing, book editing, uh, book marketing, and you know, self-publishing. So I work with other authors as well as I do my own as, as an author as well. But um, what I have found to be true is when I write, that is the greatest form of creative expression for me, much like how someone might sing or someone else might dance or someone else might play an instrument or someone else might develop, you know, websites or whatnot. Writing is, is, the, is the mode um, or the method in which I do it. And that's the way I'm able to channel you know, the thoughts and the ideas and the creativity. And it's so beautiful for me. And sometimes I feel like it's a chore. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, I have to write today. But i notice that the moment I do, I feel so much better, because that's me releasing whatever it is that's inside of me, whether it's an idea that needs to come out on paper, and it will just keep eating away at my brain. And I'll have racing thoughts for days until I get it out. That might be one thing. And the other might just be that, you know, um, if I'm afraid to voice an opinion or I'm afraid to speak up, sometimes it doesn't have to be a vocal coming out of the mouth, right? It could be, Maybe you just needed to express that in a journal somewhere and you tuck it away where nobody else can read it. It'll never be published. Maybe it was just that. Maybe that's something you need to do. So I would say that's one way that I channel, if that's what we want to call it. And then the other thing I do too sometimes is I will actually channel. Um, I'll sit in meditation to prepare myself, to center myself, to get myself to a place of get that laundry list out of my head and start focusing on, you know, what is it that I want to be able to hear? What do my spirit guides, my angel guides, you know, masters, loved ones, teachers, whoever wants to come through to me, what kind of messages do they want to share with me today? And so that sometimes requires me to just sit in quiet and stillness and quiet in my closet because that's the quietest place in the house. And I'll just start to get you know intuitive hits and sometimes that comes in the form of um if you close your eyes and you kind of like picture yourself like imagining something right sometimes they'll come to me in the form of like an image in my mind or a movie playing in my mind sometimes they'll kind of come to me in in, an inaudible way like I'll hear myself mentally thinking about something but I know that I didn't think about that I'm like what what? why do I have to say the word, you know, go to KFC and pick, a bucket of, you know, pick up a bucket of eight-piece fried chicken? Like, I wasn't thinking about that. Who's telling me that? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. sometimes it will come to me as an inaudible message. And then many times it will also come to me as like a feeling or a, sen- a sensation, something that I know to be true. And logically in my mind, there's no way I would know that to be true. You know? Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the three methods in which if I'm still enough, um, I'll get intuitive hits. And then what I have to do after I begin getting these messages, then I have to process, well, what do I need to do with these messages? Is this something I need to share with somebody? Is this something I just need to meditate on and, and be aware of? Do I need to write about this somewhere? Do I need to go and call somebody and share this with somebody? Um, or is this just a matter of me just needing to hear that and be validated right now? Mm-hmm. And so I think the follow-up question might be, well, how did you even get to a place where you allowed this to even happen? Mm-hmm. And for me, um, my journey was in 2007. So about 10 years ago, I had a breakup. Um, a job was really rough at the time. And I especially at that time needed therapy and needed counseling, needed help. And in the process of getting all that therapy and help that I, I got, I a wonderful therapist said, you should really look into something like, you know, yoga or, or meditation or Reiki. So I did all of them and I fell in love with Reiki energy healing. And at the time, I'm not going to say that it, it wasn't well known yet. It probably was in some pockets of the world, but where I lived at the time, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you know, we were more conservative. <laughs> so, you know, people are like, what? What do you mean? Like the person puts their hands on you, but they don't massage you. What is happening to you? You know, but I, I went and did it. (laughs) I went and did it.
1: So just in case someone doesn't know what Reiki is, describe it a little bit. Yeah.
0: So basically, you know, you, you will go as if you're going to have a massage, you lay on the massage table, but you keep your clothes on and the Reiki healer will lay their hands on top of different various uh, energy points in your body, which are known as chakras. And their job in that time that they spend with you whether it's 30 minutes or an hour is to just allow you to be calm and to be still and to relax as if you were meditating but through their support of being able to hold you in the different parts of your body that need to be held and what i mean by held is maybe sometimes you have a hard time meditating because you just can't be still because your mind is constantly racing. So the Reiki master might put their hands on your head to hold your head in the spot so that you feel comforted, so that you feel safe. And while their hand is there, they're allowing the energy that's already within you to stop cycling out of control. And what ends up happening is the, the, the cycling, you know, this whirling energy in you will start balancing itself. It'll start moving in a way where it's like, ah, I feel relieved now. And then the Reiki master moves their hands to the next part of your body where you might be whirling out of control again with your energy. And then the energy starts to find its balance again there too. It's not magic. There's nothing strange about it. It's basically our bodies are full of energy. And sometimes energy is trapped in a way, in your body where it's either overactive or it's underactive and so you're just giving attention to those spots and you're allowing them to feel balanced if it's overactive you calm it down if it's underactive you help you know stimulate it and so a reiki master guides you to a meditative space and by the time you're done you feel as if you just got done napping or that somebody did massage you and you're just like ah oh, that felt nice you know so I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it so much that after that, I realized wow, someone like me who's type A, saleswoman at the time, go, 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 working over 60 hours a week, you know, a soccer mom, wrestling mom, full time worker, and I was going to school full time at nights for my MBA too, you know, overachieving woman. I was not making space to be still and to be calm. And Reiki was one of the only ways that I forced myself, because I had to force myself to just be still. And so, Fast forward a few years, I decided to go get level one attunement. And then next few years after that, level two. And then, you know, eventually today, 10 years later, I'm a Reiki master because I felt the benefits of the energy healing. So that has opened me up. And so fast forward, you know, to you know, today after all that time, I believe that I'm able to be an open channel to spiritual guidance because I've become so open to receiving that kind of love and support that, um, that, that i'm so connected i'm so connected to my own higher being i'm so connected to all of the you know spirit and angel guides out there who want to give me guidance because i'm willing to to hear from them and listen so i wholeheartedly believe anybody who's listening if they, for some reason they're like well they're not visiting me i guarantee you give yourself the space and 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 the time and 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 be, become more still and become less focused on um, forcing the message to come and just telling yourself, I'm open to receiving the message, you will hear or feel or sense something in some way, shape or form. But I think sometimes we're just too busy that we're not paying attention to the messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was
1: beautiful. Yeah.
0: Thank you.
1: One of the best birthday gifts I ever gave my husband was a half an hour of yoga, one-on-one yoga that then yeah. led directly into a Reiki session. That's so cool. And he was like, this was the best thing. And I was Aww. like, oh, it's like, home it run. That's um, wonderful. Yeah. I really, the combination, I, I, yeah. I just like, I think everyone should really try that like combination of the physical mm-hmm. getting in and then yeah. having that peace. Yeah, I am. I, uh, I think that I. I think that we're complete. I feel um, the only thing I want to add is to what you had to say is that trust, like ask for um, a teacher, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if you were wondering, if you somehow found this podcast, and and if you're like, I don't know what these people are talking about, but I'm interested and I'm curious or whatever, like I get. Quiet and I just start saying show me, show me. Like I talk about this all the time, which is I I ask for like airplane hangar guys to be like, turn (laughs) that, go this way. Right. Like light it up. Like make it obvious, right? And 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 so if you are interested in something that we're talking about, feel free to email, feel free to contact you, and 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 also just see who is listen to the quiet voice on who is your teacher.
0: I agree, and I'll even add to that that many times, we we do already have teachers who are present in our lives, and they may not, we might not recognize it because they may it might not be obvious, you know. And, and I'll just um, give a quick example uh, before we recorded. You you had asked me about my show, and though it's on hiatus right now, I think it's important to mention the show because bravebearuniversity.com is the name of a podcasts slash um online free university, really all it is essentially was a resource that I wanted to create for others who are kind of coming behind me or beside me where it's like, I'm a spiritual person who's still so new to learning all of these different healing modalities, but I'm also, you know, business minded. I I either, you know, I'm a coach or I'm an online business owner, or I would like to be, and I somehow want to be able to marry the spiritual side of me with this business the side of me and so i had so many people coming to me at the time asking me for advice whether it was through an email or through um reply to my newsletter or just you know contacting me on social media and they kept asking me for I wish there was a way that I could learn about this healing modality or that business tactic and I'm like why don't I just bring together my favorite spiritual teachers with all of these people who want to be their students and if I create a platform where I can connect you guys together and I can be the bridge then that's what I want it to be so I created BraveBearUniversity.com because there seemed to be a demand for it at the time. There was no monetary value attached to it. I had no means of, you know, well, now I'm going to monetize this and do something with this. No, it was, it was a passion project because I felt that there were enough people asking on both sides. And so I wanted to make it happen. And like I said, though, it's on hiatus right now. I think it helps answer that question too for people where they're like, where do I go? What do I begin? What do I do? And what you're doing right now, Leslie, is very similar to my passion project. It's Mm -hmm. we're giving a voice to teachers and also students who want to learn from each other who want to have these amazing conversations and the more of us out there who are doing this the more resources we can provide for people like your listeners to say oh my gosh I'm not the only one who's just as confused but equally interested thank you for this so I love what you're doing Leslie because it's a continuation of even what I'm doing and what many of our uh, peers are also doing in this space as well so we need to keep these conversations going because the more we have them the more we're educated empowering and, and teaching others who are coming after us. Yeah. So yeah, That's thank you for true. that.
1: Absolutely. So if they were to find you, uh, links to all of these things will be on my website, coachlesley.com forward slash podcast. Um, but let me spell your name. If you are driving along, <laughs> you could go to com.
0: That is correct.
1: There you go. BernieShunk.com. Uh, yeah, there and you
0: please go. feel free. Anybody who, you know, reaches out to me if I email or if you subscribe to my newsletter, I actually do reply to the emails and I've had people ask me a question and I reply to them. They're like, oh my gosh, you really do answer this? And I said, yes, I do. I love connecting to people. So if anybody does end up contacting me, um, tell me that where you found me, tell me that you know Leslie and either way I would respond to you. But I'd be so excited to continue this conversation if, if anybody needs any additional support
1: yeah thank yeah, you thank you for your time course. i really and appreciate
0: you. it and thank you for the conversation it's so needed absolutely
1: thank you for listening please subscribe so you never miss an episode of spirituality out loud be sure to rate us review us and like us on facebook and share us with your friends